Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is Evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. On our last podcast, I taught from the end of Acts chapter 1, which paved the way for Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit in power. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Today, we're going to start seeing that power of God in action. Let's look at Acts 2, beginning at verse 5. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Well, we are at every public speaker's favorite passage in Scripture today, aren't we? Those place names are tough to pronounce. Remember, none of us were around then, so we don't know how these names were really pronounced for sure. Don't let them intimidate you when you're reading them. You know, Pentecost was the most popular of the Jewish annual festivals. It received the most visitors and from the most countries. So it's no surprise then that God picked the harvest festival, Pentecost, to pour out His Holy Spirit since Jerusalem was ripe for the harvest of souls that Pentecost as Peter's altar call later day, that day made clear, when 3,000 were saved. God was very strategic in his timing because all these visitors from all over the world took Jesus back with them to their home country. It almost makes you think that God had this all planned out in advance, doesn't it? Today, we're going to focus on a topic arising out of these verses, the subject of tongues. In dealing with this subject, it's important that we remember a couple of things. The first is this, that on any topic the Bible teaches about, we need to let our own opinions or feelings or wishes about the topic take a back seat to what God actually says about the topic in His Word. For instance, I used to want the Bible to teach universalism, that there are many ways to heaven other than Jesus alone, but of course, it does not. We may not like what the Bible says about any number of topics. We may wish it said something different, but regardless, as Christians, we are obliged to let the Bible speak on its own and for itself and let it change our minds and hearts on these subjects rather than us changing it. To do anything less would be like trying to change God's mind rather than vice versa, trying to be like God. And we all know what that got Adam and Eve, an eviction notice. We are a ministry that was founded on the Bible being the final word on matters of belief. That is, when the Bible teaches on a subject, we need to let it speak with authority, whether we initially agree with it or not. 
With this in mind, it continues to surprise me why there is such a lack of teaching given to the topic of speaking in tongues in many churches today. It's impossible to sidestep this subject, as there are more verses in the Bible talking about tongues than there are talking even about a topic like the Lord's Supper. Now, I'm not saying that tongues is a topic of equal or greater importance than the Lord's Supper necessarily, but what I am saying is that as people whose faith rests on the teachings of the Bible, we are simply obliged to study what the book teaches on all its topics, not just our favorite ones. And so we move on as followers of Jesus, as people of the Bible, to see what the Bible has to say about this topic of tongues. The first thing we need to know is that the gift of tongues is just that, a gift of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament teaches that there are a number of gifts of the Holy Spirit. It outlines about 18, give or take a few, depending on which commentator you read. And 1 Corinthians 12 lists tongues as one of the gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Friends, the gift of tongues can be defined as the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to speak in a language they have never learned for the benefit of themselves or others. Many of you have heard people do this. Others of you have the gift yourself. Sometimes the language spoken is a foreign language, which others present who know the language can understand. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. There are many modern-day examples of missionaries being gifted by God to communicate in the native language of their people without even having learned it. There's an account from the last century of a group of Norwegian immigrants living in South Dakota who suddenly heard some African-American hired hands speaking the various dialects of Norway. A French interpreter from the United Nations attended a church meeting in Los Angeles some years ago where a message in tongues was spoken and an interpretation given. The interpreter from the UN confirmed that the message was in French and the interpretation given was accurate. Neither the speaker in tongues nor the interpreter had ever learned French. Sound strange? Sound uncommon? Sound supernatural? Well, it shouldn't surprise us because God is a supernatural God. That's what our Bible teaches. And the same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God who gives gifts today. Sometimes, however, the person speaking in tongues is speaking a language that is not a human language, but a heavenly one, praying in the Spirit, as the Bible calls it. Paul alludes to these two types of tongues in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, when he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. The tongues of angels, as Paul calls it, or the language of heaven, 
is what Paul is further talking about in 1 Corinthians 14, an entire chapter that teaches about the proper use of tongues. And it's to this chapter that we now turn for the Bible's most comprehensive teaching on tongues. I'm going to start in verse 1 and then move on to several different verses throughout the chapter. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening encouragement and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and some who do not understand or some unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God exclaiming, God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Friends, the church in Corinth had a problem. The people were talking in tongues so much at their services that it caused disorder, and people didn't know what was being said. Paul here writes these very practical instructions for them and all subsequent Christians regarding the proper use of public tongues. Paul's wisdom needs to be our wisdom in this matter and for any other gift of or blessing that could be used wrongly. The cure for abuse is not disuse, but proper use. I'm going to say that again because it's very important. The cure for abuse is not disuse, but proper use. And Paul's instructions for proper use of the gift of tongues are relatively simple. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Paul here gives the simple practical solution to how the gift of tongues should be used publicly. It is biblical instruction and as such needs to be regarded as authoritative by all followers of Jesus. This instruction saves us from both unbiblical extremes, namely an excessive use of the gift causing lack of order and confusion, as well as a rejection or suppression of the gift's use in our congregations. So let's look at a few more biblical considerations on this topic. 
Now, the Bible teaches that we should eagerly desire to receive this gift along with every other gift. Notice what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 13. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know, I remember many years ago before I received the gift, I prayed for it a lot. We also need to know that there is another gift, the gift of interpretation, which God gives to Christians, which works together with tongues. Some people, like myself, have both. We also need to remember that whether or not you have the gift of tongues, this doesn't affect your salvation. You may ask, well, what is the purpose of the gift of tongues anyway? Well, the answer to that very good question is quite clear. God sometimes wants to communicate a direct, special word of encouragement, caution, or instruction to his people. Sometimes he chooses to do this in an uncommon or supernatural way, through an unplanned message in tongues and with an accompanying interpretation. For those of you who have heard a message like this, you can testify to its value. It simply shows us that God is real. He is in our midst, and He cares enough for us, for me and for you, to steer us along the right track. Now, I close today's podcast with some words about the private use of tongues. You know, by far the most common time that the gift of tongues is used in the believers is in the believers private prayer life there are times when one is praying that you simply don't know what to say I'm sure you've experienced that yourself and that's where the gift of tongues comes in you feel like you should be praying but you're just not sure what to say Romans chapter 8 puts it this way in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. But again you may ask, well, why tongues? What's the purpose? Well, Paul says it so well in this way in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He is built up. He is strengthened. That is God's blessing on a person with this gift. One university professor who has the private gift of tongues says, there are times in my devotional life when I can no longer find words to express my innards. At that point, I allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me in a language that I didn't learn. In order to find out the best testimony of the blessings that God gives with tongues, just ask someone who has the gift. They'll tell you. And so I close today's podcast with a word of caution and a word of encouragement. First, the caution. The gift of tongues, along with the gift of healing, is one gift particularly susceptible to Satan's counterfeiting. You know, Satan does have limited power to copy gifts from the Holy Spirit, and tongues is one such gift. Just because someone speaks in an unknown language, we must not blindly assume that he or she has the gift of tongues. It may just be Satan's deception, posing as an angel of light to lead you astray. We always need to test the spirits 
to see if they're from God, the Bible says and instructs. More important than the words the person utters is this. Does the person believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And is he or she living in an obedient lifestyle consistent with biblical morality? If not, you can be quite sure that you are dealing with Satan's cheap counterfeit. Now the encouragement. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Today, I will put it this way. The gift of tongues is a good thing because it's from God. And I would encourage each of you to eagerly desire it, as Paul says, along with the other gifts of the Spirit, because the Bible instructs us to. Its private use has brought great blessings to many, including myself personally. It makes God real and close to a person. It brings a little bit of heaven into a person's soul. And who doesn't need that? And its public use within biblical guidelines of decorum and order, has brought great blessing to many as well. It's simply God's way of saying to us, I'm here, and I love you enough to want to communicate directly to you, to tell you this. Remember, the cure for abuse of any number of things, tongues included, is not disuse, but proper use. We need to regain a balance between doctrine and experience. We are in an experience-oriented culture. Society used to say, if it feels good, do it. Now society says, if it feels good, believe it. If it's in the Bible where we find our direction and authority for the proper use of tongues. As followers of Jesus, as people of the book, can we do anything less than listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church through the Word of God? I wish you the rich blessings of Jesus today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.